Whatever you say. Hey, everybody, this episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by, oh, yeah, you guessed it, the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium in Hollywood, California. It's at Hollywood and Highland, the crossroads of entertainment. Look, if you are looking for an activity to do, you've already seen all the celebrity graves. You've already checked out the Walk of Fame. You visited uh, the stars of uh, John Tesh and Mary Hart. Uh, Maybe you swung by and saw... Oh, I don't know. Burt Lancaster's radio star. I think I got to do some of these things. <laughs> Maybe you went to uh, all the way down to Vine in Hollywood Boulevard and saw the star to Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins for the Apollo 11 moon landing. Uh, and you're like, well, what else do we do? It's almost 5.30. Well, at that time, you can get a buy one, get one offer thanks to this podcast to the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium. That's right. Two people, $20. A lifetime of memories and a museum full of all the fun and quirky things you've come to expect from the Ripley's brand. Believe it or not. Here's the show. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek, the next conversation. It's the podcast that you love about Star Trek that's hosted by me, Matt, Myra, and Andy. Well, what do I say? You're supposed to go, that's me! That's how you were supposed to, that was the... No, I didn't know. Get in in my head, pal. You know, in every single other episode, I just say, and I'm Andy. (laughs) (laughs) So I was going to sing that part. And, oh, uh, I sang. You sang it for me. Well, you were just supposed to be like sort of like the guest on that track, you know. I see. Gotcha. Like uh, Lil like John. Rihanna. Yeah, yeah sure. sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know how guests work on uh, on on hip hop on tracks. Just sure. it could be any track, really. Right. You know, like a John Schofield uh, Ray Charles album or a or a Mark Ronson pop album. You got you got to have featureings. Sure. Uh, the Mark Ronson's more of a producer, isn't he? Yes, but all of his... Well, not all of his tracks are featuring an artist, but a lot of them are. Sure. Well, they all... Well, uh, when yes. the ones you he produces... I'm ones. talking about, like, the ones that... His, like, the Mark Ronson album. Sure. The, they all feature an artist. But those are the solo performer, really. Yeah, but it's, like, Mark Ronson. Right. But, like, it's... Mark Ronson is the... That's what I want. I want to be a celebrity producer of something. No, but like, look, this is Mark Ronson. Just Mark Ronson. Uh huh. And then, like, oh, I need someone to sing. Here's Mark Ro- Mark Ronson featuring Lily Allen. I love I love this song, by the way. <laughs> you hate this song? I have. Oh, I well, have. This is a great album. Specifically queued up this song and listened to it for what? Is this like your your sort of Hugh Grant Love Actually moment where you're alone at Ten Downing and you start dancing? Is that what? Maybe <laughs> I would. <laughs> it's usually in the car. 
Um, yeah, I enjoy that Lily Allen. I really don't know what are her other hits. Um, or does she not have other hits? She does, that? particularly in the native uh, kingdom. I think that's the um, the gentleman in um, in Game of Thrones' sister. Okay, I want to say his name is Barry Allen, but that's the Flash. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, remember his name. Prime Flash. Uh, anyway, and I'm Andy. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Perfect. And I'm Andy. I'll just cut That's the middle me. part out. Uh, all right. So look, Andy, it's finally here. We get to talk about the trailer you watched 93 weeks ago when I accidentally played it. It's true. Redemption. By part the way, two, or you're as I welcome like. to you guys for not having a big break. Uh, in between seasons this time. Um, we <laughs> they may. don't know that. What if I didn't put this up this week? Oh, that's true. Well, then <laughs> if, if if we're having a huge break, then I apologize. For, no. Sorry for... I'm planning on getting, them, it in your getting face them out there. when we can get them out. So we can get it out this week. Let's do it. Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Did you have something else you wanted to No, I was going to say to you, um, I had uh, some sort of thing I was going to say about this episode that... Uh, Red season was clever, five. and it was based off of uh, what we had just said, and it was going to be very funny. Trust uh-huh. me. Just trust me on that. We can all close our eyes and imagine. <laughs> imagine it. that funny thing I said. Oh, man. It would have been great. Too much funny. But in the meantime, listen to this. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? Yeah, it's part two. <laughs> really, those horns really do play well into... Your uh, your natural. Well, that's why I asked for the pause to be placed in. <laughs> um, not the pacing, the uh, the, uh, the the down the down playing. Um, but uh, yeah, me too. Really, it's a really really solid episode. Interesting. What? Did not a fan? Uh, there's just, I mean, it's just my. Oh, you don't like uh, this one either. No, there's it's too not much that I don't. Klingons for this guy. No, the Klingon stuff, I don't. You can't take it. Again, I don't, as I said, I'm not the biggest fan of Klingon stuff. And when it's done well, it's done well. This is, I think it's done better this year, this week than uh-huh. last week. But I, my problem is with this whole story is that it's it feels like a three-parter. There should have been more. There's like so much stuff that you're like, well, shouldn't we wait? But don't you want to? I just, but like also, See, shouldn't that's we? that's what I, I mean, I don't disagree, but that's what I love about it. To me, it's more like a very modern paced uh, plot where it's just like and then this happens and then this happens and I love it but like the fact that Worf is sitting there in the Duras house sees Tasha Yar come up on the screen and doesn't acknowledge it at all is uh-huh. like the kind of thing where I was like well if we had a little more time yes I agree with that there's definitely shortcuts in terms of people's reactions yeah, to what's going on and Data's uh, captaining you know, that's a, I'd, I'd enjoy an episode about that. That'd be lovely. Well, we're going to get to all of it, buddy. Oh, yeah. I suppose we will. But in the meantime, I guess you people have shit to say, too. <laughs> Might be that time, I guess. Sure is. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and join the Admiral's Club. Matt, how would you have them get into the Admiral's Club? I mean, I'd have them enter through that door we just walked in. Sure. But to be allowed in, you'd probably need to write a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You sure would. And here are some right here from Ferengi501C. Um, 
<laughs> this person says, Damn whoa. It. Four whoa, nine. whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry, sorry. There's coffee. Stuck. Sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry. I'm not used to having over. another person in here. Oh, knocked God. over a hot coffee. and uh, I knocked over that? a, a vintage it? 60s RCA vacuum tube. It definitely did look like something vintage. It is. Um, anyway, uh, this person says, uh, this uh, crewman, if you will, says, uh, just last star date, I was caught up in a transporter accident and rendered invisible. Luckily for me, Lieutenant Pranksman was listening to the podcast while mopping the holodeck, and I was instantly hooked. <laughs> okay. I'm into it. Five stars. A lot stars. of references. I enjoy it. Thank sure. you for listening, and thank you for being in the Admirals Club. This one's next. This next one's from Finn McCool, who says, <laughs> Things to make a podcast go. The best Star Trek podcast hosted by two Packlets. How true, Finn McCool. We are Packlets. We are... We build up the expertise of others. We neither he is smart. I was say neither of us is smart. Um, that's it. Let's head into the United Federation of Planets President Circle, my Okey friend. Okie dokie. Well, lucky for us, direct path this week. Here it is. guys we're in the president's circle this is where you would be if you were in our patreon support the podcast help us grow help us continue to make the show and get more content all you got to do is uh, go to patreon.com forward slash star trek tnc and president circle members have the opportunity each week to be awarded the president uh president's medal uh christopher pike Hey, I was gonna, I was gonna fix my, oh, sorry, my mess ahead. up. All right, sorry. Go ahead. The president's club, the president. Damn it, I couldn't do it. I was, it was gonna be like the president's medal of choice, which is the Christopher Pike's medal of valor. Was how I was gonna fix that in my head, but I even said that wrong. Anyway, come by. Listen to Andy and I talk about Marvel. Listen to us talk about Star Trek Discovery. Listen to us talk about uh, the Orville. It's all over there and available for you. And if you sign up, you get the back catalog. So. If you want to catch up, might be a good time to do it when this baby comes and we're putting out, you know, one every other week or so. So, you know, think about it. Anyway. I don't remember what we put up last. We put up another Discovery Iron Man episode. 3. Oh, Iron Man 3. That was what it was. Ooh, that was a good one. <laughs> Can't be that good. You don't remember it. You would think that, but I don't remember a lot of good things that happened to me because my mind absorbs them. That's why I'm generally unhappy. I like that one person on Twitter agreed with us last week about how terrible we thought last week's episode was for us. <laughs> That's true. One person. You really piled on. One person. Although I did the thing that I always do, which is, I agree with you, but some of your critiques seem extreme. So name me specific parts. I made them defend their opinion this that is, we ourselves this is, said this in is, the first place. This is exactly Andy's problem when it comes to the dating world, because he wants to know specifics. I really do. Like, if I could uh, have... At what point in the meal did I lose you? Was it between the appetizer and the entree, or was it after the entree when I still wanted dessert and you didn't really want dessert, but I said, maybe let's get dessert anyway, or was it when I told you about how much my family and I can't stand being in the same room? If I could get an exit interview of every girl I go on a date with. It's not just girls. He needs an exit interview of every human being he comes in contact with. I really, it's useful. Now, listen, when I was paying for this stuff here at Target, uh, was I a good customer? Was I a bad customer? What could I have done differently? I wouldn't want it if everything seemed like it went well. <laughs> I would want it if... Boy, that, I thought that went really well. But my, I hope you agree with me. What do you think? Many of my interactions don't go well. <laughs> There's, there are various things that uh, 
that uh, that seem to go awry in every situation for me. Yeah, so just just so you know, if you're going to tweet about the show not being uh, good, uh, just to have a time code ready for Andy. Uh, personally, I've yeah, that would be great. Been doing this for uh, so many years that I understand that not everything's for everybody, and we do our best. I have been heartened by. Somebody came at me about something recently. I think it was both of us. Did you kill him with kindness? About something. No, I didn't. That is that is what Matt uh, proposes, and That's I'm always move. bad at it. That's my move. I just and, haven't been uh, on Twitter long in, in, in a while. I killed him with questions. <laughs> it's a sure. different thing. And, uh, and, I, and I kept questioning, well, yeah, but what time code? Where is the thing you're saying that I did? And I think I successfully dissected their critique. Because I was like, no, no, that was Matt that said that. I said this. Oh, and my whatever. God. So now they're mad. You just not... made someone angry at me and instead. The, and the person did say, you know what? You're right. And it was very satisfying. But you don't get that chance in real life. People just have a bad opinion about me, and then they go on their merry way. Well, I mean, my question to you is, now is that person <laughs> angry at me for whatever it is that I did? No, I think that he probably just went, I'm oh, great. I hear what you're saying. I'm not listening to this podcast anymore. <laughs> Oh, no. We lost a listener. No, no. I think that the person liked us. Meanwhile, back on the president's circle, what's going on, Andy? Who's who's getting the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor this week? I'll tell you. Our first one's from Lieutenant Jordy is turned on by computers and got syphilis <laughs> from the Warp Corps. Great, great name. Um, and here she says, uh, TNG went back in time to the late 1800s. Voyager went to the late 1990s. DS9 mm-hmm. went to the mid 2000s what time would you guys like uh the next gen crew to visit uh if you could write an episode with time travel uh where when they going well i mean i guess it would just have to be in recent memory right for me to for be i mean they've done it they've done all of them right they went you know what i'd like they uh, went back to old school track which is certainly here's what i'd like yeah uh i'd like them to go back in time to actual medieval europe Right, not, not fake uh, Robin not Hood. Not Q's uh, confusing creation of medieval Sherwood, uh-huh. Nottingham. Right. You know what? Uh, it's it's interesting to theorize this because I don't, I haven't seen Enterprise, so I don't know how much they get into it. And I guess this was the purpose of uh, of uh, First Contact is that they were going back to the beginning, right before. Uh, warp travel when does um enterprise happen after that uh it's it's um because what i was going to theorize is i think it's like uh 30 30 i would say 30 to 50 years i believe zephyr cochran is i guess still old and i would like to see them go back to like yeah, the not, actual world war three if not con time yeah sort of like with all the eugenics or maybe there's or maybe there's or maybe just when they're going into space and it's like it really feels like submarines and they're you know really figuring it out and they're in danger technically well, that's sort of what uh, the nx01 was that was what it was yeah all right yeah. there you go i mean andy you might get you could you could I eventually give it. enterprise a shot you might uh i can tell you i don't enjoy that some things to like about it that well, much i've look, heard it's been a long road getting from there to here i'll tell you that Next. Don't care for it. Lieutenant J.D. Cohen says, In the black hole, 1979, which robot is your favorite? Choices include the following. V-I-N-C-E-N-T. Vincent. Vital information necessary centralized. Is that what it stood for? Man. Necessary centralized. <laughs> Played by Roddy McDowell. 
wonderful performance. Old B.O.B., Bob, played by Slim Pickens. I didn't remember Slim Pickens did that voice. That's great. Part of these are me and part of these are him. I hope you can tell which ones are who. Like the, the pure joy and excitement okay. is actually from Andy this time. Uh, or Maximilian, the, vi- the villain's main henchbot. Mine was hands down Maximilian. That was the one that I drew as a kid the most because he was badass and terrifying. Loved it. Hmm. Any choice? Noticing a lot about you. Any opinion? Always the villains. Uh, look, I'm always partial to uh, to the Planet of the Apes and Roddy McDowell. So there you go. Vincent. Uh, and then our, the last one is from uh, our last Christopher Pike Medal of Valor awardee is Lieutenant Commander Josh Bald, who with Mike Mann create, uh, puts out the Face Pod, which is our face group. Uh, which is our Facebook um, forum, uh, the the uh, podcast dedicated to people who are in that forum, um, and also uh, the recent um, uh, Make It So podcast, which interviews uh, people from the TNG world, or maybe Star Trek world. Um, and uh, he asks... Uh, what organized sports did you play as kids and when did the crushing realization hit you that you wouldn't be a professional athlete and then he adds for me it was a two day experience in high school soccer the first day of conditioning as a freshman I kept up with the seniors on a five mile run the next day I was so sore that I lagged behind the pack got lost en route and ended up on a golf course that sounds reasonable Um, Matt I played uh, little league baseball and then when I got to high school I played uh Junior varsity, varsity, uh, baseball. I played uh, varsity football, and I played. I uh, started the golf team uh, my senior year. Ooh, of the high golf school. team! Let's go golfing. I think that would be a nice day for us. I'd be happy to go golfing at some point. Um, you'd be a great golf partner, I imagine. There's a little chit chat. We're drinking. Oh, a little oh, chit chat. The, the, the smoking. Hot dog, the imagine hot dogs, all the smoking. The hot dogs happen. swinging by. The, yeah. uh, the 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 cigars. The. Can you uh, say that again? What, hot, hot. Yeah. It's a, it's a New England I've thing. I've heard Mike Mitchell do that. Yeah. Um, I was uh, great. I was, I was just a quintessential exceptional athlete until about the age of 11 when you had to start applying yourself. And then it was all over. I never had any illusions. However, I do believe I could have been in the Olympics. Oh, no. For badminton. I am an exceptional badminton player and tetherball, but that's not in the Olympics. Look, I can't speak to Andy's uh, badminton skills, so I'm going to take his word for it. Um, and that's it. All right. So, Andy, let's just uh, head on out to that hallway. Okay. As quick as we can. Okay. Uh, in order to do that, uh, we're just going to go through this trap door here. Ooh. Which is the old door that I had I had Jerry rigged into the president's circle. Interesting. Wow. I love that it's <laughs> it's old school because it, who knows how long that's been here. Because <laughs> technically well, I bought it from a junkyard. No, oh, interesting. Yeah. Um and with that, let's open the hail bag. Captain, we are being hailed. Hang on, Andy. Okay. Go ahead. Um, the hell bag is open. Our first is from a frequent writer to the show, Gilbert Kennan, who says, I'm the president. This is long, and this is in reference to a, uh, a Medal of Valor uh, letter last week mm-hmm. where someone claimed to be sort of at the inception of the I'm the president bit. 
Um, and uh, he's got some issues. This week, uh, you read a self-attribution of the precursor <laughs> oh God, to the guys, I'm the President. Guys, <laughs> slow it down. <laughs> Do you want me to continue? <laughs> I mean, this is the silliest, but... It's getting deep. You know what? Um, it, because it's minutia and so silly, go for it. And I got all up in arms about the whole thing. I went back and listened, and as in, is often the case... Is he coming to us with some time codes? Oh, good question. No, but he's got lots of actual... I don't want to hear it until there's time codes. All right. He's oh, got wait, he's of... got quotes? He's got quotes. Let's hear it. Um, I went back and listened, and as is often the case, now understand more about the sequence of events and how they are seen <laughs> from different perspectives. Interesting. It's kind of a Rashomon situation. I will recount the events... You two inducted a new admiral who also claimed the title Lord and discussed whether it was better to say Admiral Lord or Lord Admiral. Lord Reginald Pennybottom, I assume he's referring to. Then, no, I think it was... I don't know. I'm not even going to get involved with what it was. He says he <laughs> said he's a bunch of stuff about it. Then yeah. Secunda said, that is a question. Somebody asked us who is both in the president circle and in the admiral's club if they are an admiral president or a president admiral. Matt shot down the title of president for the president circle remembers and then said, oh, well, this was something. This was a question. If you feel like they're just uh, guests of the president, I thought that they were. You know, I'm sorry, but I don't remember who wrote this hail. It's really, it's really captured my, my completely incomprehensible speech pattern. Um, but somebody had said, are they a bunch of presidents, sitting presidents, past presidents? Uh, I wrote the hail about sitting and past presidents as a question to uh -huh. try and clear up the apostrophe sure. situation with the name of the president's circle. Uh -huh. I can now see the several claims that might be made on this. And as I don't really want to own the credit outside my personal acquaintances, I won't press my claim here. In the end, I think that this is a problem. This was a problem which was going to surface itself. And the character was a creation. Uh, he's talking about the president himself. I'm the president. Uh, which seems to have happened independently of these hails. So, Andy, unless you have additional information to add, you should take all the credit for such a delightful gag, which you don't do nearly enough. Oh, that's so true, Gilbert. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for the show, and I forgive you for the rest of your work. It's so clear why he wanted Gilbert. to read this. He just needed the validation. I don't remember the nice things that are said. There's a pre like, you know, when you say I'm the president, right? I, picture, president. I picture someone who looks like a combination of um, Trade Federation alien. Right. And um, the president of the Federation uh, in Deep Space Nine time, who you'll eventually see. Is Now, which one of those is the one with, uh, with the Fu Manchu white mustache? Well, that is from Star Trek VI. Oh, so that, is that the president in Star Trek VI? Yeah. That's what people usually send me a picture of, but uh, people have sent other things, too. Yeah. Other variations. And if you would like to send in your perspective... <laughs> Who do you think is the president? <laughs> of who the what the pro, uh, I'm the president. Uh, that gentleman looks like. Uh, please do. And uh, you know what? Someday it's going to go up on our Instagram, which is Star Trek TNC at Star Trek TNC on Instagram. I've had the reins for a while and haven't touched them. The next one is uh, A S S S A Jingle from Pamela Corky. Mm-hmm. Uh, who says, hi, Matt and Andy. Love you guys. Love the podcast. Uh, I thought this needed to exist. Did I already read this? I didn't do a theme for the Andy Secunda School specific acting, did I? No. Uh, I hope you. I hope Andy is pleased with my performance. Well, there were... We did have Nacho sent in 
last week we played some of Nacho's new jingles. Right, but they were not this, I don't believe. They were definitely weren't... Whatever, I'll just play it. There you go. I learned everything I know from his wise tutelage. Kisses Lieutenant Tapamela. Um, I don't know if she's officially a lieutenant from the uh, from the Patreon. That's how you get your, your title. So may just be a, may just be a casual. She could be a lieutenant outside of the Federation. Oh yeah, if you if you're a legitimate lieutenant in the real world, that probably uh, that probably <laughs> um, tr- trumps everything. Anyway, here's the jingle. The Andy Secunda School of Specific Acting. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, that is fantastic. Really nice. That's really nice production design. That is VHS quality right there and exactly what I picture. It's perfect. That's great. Um, and uh, that, my friend, is the Hillbag. Frequencies closed, sir. It's the last time she ever said that. Until she went to Romulus and probably said it again. Yeah. Send us one of what's this character's name? Sela. Sela doing <laughs> the hell back. Sela Yar. So Sela Ward Yar. Would have been more interesting, I think, had Tasha Yar been alive and old. Don't you think so? Uh instead of like writing and, writing the character out of that timeline entirely by having her killed when that, she was when pissed that, off. Well, you know who was pissed off. What are you talking about? Are you saying that she would be? I mean, she would have. No, to be, no, no. It'd be I, just it'd be an interesting thing to see in a scene. And wouldn't you like? Oh, you're saying it's a, you're saying in addition to Sila. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I agree. I think instead of writing the character out, they should have left the door open. Yeah, I agree. So that's all. That's all I'll say about that, Andy. It's so hard to get you to understand my words sometimes. That's my fault. Oh, sorry. It's season five, everybody. Episode one. It's redemption. It Part sure is. two. This is amazing that we're here. We're we're one episode away from Darmok. We're two episodes away from Andy's favorite episode, Ensign Row. Oh boy. <laughs> I said oh boy. Uh oh Borg. All right, so oh, I can't wait to. There's a lot of episodes here in this season that I'm very interested in Andy's opinion on. Oh, up to and including. If you like my opinion on Next Generation, you are listening to the right podcast. There's a lot of really. Oh my god, we're getting what, un, rattle unification. Off. What do you think? Unification one and two, yeah. the game. Uh huh. Oh, the game. Uh, disaster. I mean, come on, Darmok, of course. None of these so titles many. suggest in any way other than unification, which I assume is about the Borg and the humanity becoming one. Yeah, that's probably it. It'll probably be that one. <laughs> uh, this aired the week of September 23rd, 1991, Andy. Redemption Part the Deuce. Let me tell you what was going on this day in track history, my friend. 
I Adore Me Amore by Color Me Bad led the U.S. pop charts. Well, in the U.K., Everything I Do, I Do It For You by Brian Adams was preferred. And Sexton by Diane Wood Middlebrook was a bestseller. And Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, led the box office for a second consecutive week. Summer blockbuster Terminator 2 held the number four spot in its 12th week of release. Yeah. And would eventually cross over $200 million domestically. Remember when $200 million was a lot for a blockbuster? Huge. That was a huge amount of money. Wizard Magazine number one is released and will become a mainstay of comic collectors for the next 20 years. Interesting. That I've, was had late. A, I've had quite a few wizards in my day. Interesting. That was that late. I guess I had a different version of comic. I don't know, I don't know what it's called. Uh, inspectors from a United Nations Special Commission discover secret Iraqi documents in Baghdad telling, detailing plans to make nuclear weapons. Uh, but the Iraqi army forcibly removed the documents from the inspectors. Due to the state of Kentucky's new trademark of its name, Kentucky Fried Chicken officially changes its name to KFC. And Time Magazine's cover featured a portrait of the tribesmen from Papua New Guinea with the caption, Lost Tribes, Lost Knowledge. When Native Cultures Disappear, So Does a Trove of Scientific and Medical Wisdom. Oh, wow, that's depressing. I've always thought about that. Mostly... As I want to do, I've thought about lost civilizations and knowledge in reference to food. Oh, that's interesting. Can you imagine all the wonderful dishes that have been lost to the sands of time, Matt. That is an interesting angle I've never even thought of, Andy. I'm more into, like, uh, you know, the libraries that were burned at the fall of Rome. Yeah, I guess those two. And now, Matt, yeah. if you uh, want to take that down, we, sure. have, uh, we have another segment. Oh, we sure do, pal. That uh, I think uh, you'll appreciate. Frank Sinatra, come on! It's time for that segment everybody hates. (laughs) Time for Frank Sinatra, come on! Here it is! Uh, This is what the chairman of the board was up to on September 23rd, 1991. I still, as we get farther from the original episode, I can't even remember why we did this. But on this date, Frank performed in. Montecatini, Italy, at the Palazzo dello Sport, as the Diamond Jubilee World Tour continues. In other words, baby, kiss this has been me. Frank Sinatra. Come on. I love it. It's my favorite segment of the show. <laughs> I know you do. Well, Andy, uh, let's talk about redemption, as, uh, as, as written by Larry Nemechek. Andy was right. Larry, you were wrong. Spot had a name and date his day. Oh, my God! Uh, Twitter was there. I hopefully covered myself enough to say that I, this is what Larry Nemechek is saying. I'm not saying this. Oh, my God! I beat Dr. Trek! Ha-ha! Secunda! <laughs> that, is, that is the hugest... I'm a... This is a first time around! Suck it, Nemechek! Um, this is also uh, not surprising. It was in reference to a cat, Andy, so... Uh, I don't... You, I can, like you, you can write it off any you, you had want. the edge. I beat him. You had beat the edge with going all, in. With all of the, the Trekkies out there, Secunda! Secunda's the one that beat Dr. Trek himself! And this is when, why Andy wonders why I won't turn his microphone up more. <laughs> oh, you're so right. We had a long argument. Before I was like, I still feel like I don't sound loud enough, and he's like, "But you're gonna get animated." You were were hitting the red every time in that. Oh wow! I hope I didn't blow my my moment of victory. You were okay. You were okay because I had the volume at the correct level. Oh my god! I'm so excited. There you go. Big day for Andy and a bigger day for this podcast because it's Redemption Part 2, directed by David Carson and written by Ronald D. Moore. I mean, come on, Matt. This guy's an expert. 
I'm, look. This guy's dedicated his whole life to it. As Larry would say, he didn't get to make all the revisions he would have liked to this book. Yeah, are you going to go back and fix the cat part? I don't think so, Nemechek. <laughs> By the way, Nemechek and I have uh, exchanged uh, DMs. He's a very nice gentleman, and uh, we support uh, everything that he does. <laughs> look, we credit him every week. The man has made the companion. The companion. Yeah. Uh, and we hope that this podcast is just the supplement to that companion. You know, if, if, if they were still making CDs, imagine if they sent out this book with a 700 CD set of this podcast. Yeah. Because, you know, each, each uh, what is it, 80 minutes what, on what? a CD? I don't know. I don't remember. It's supposed to be the length of the Sony guy's favorite classical music piece. Like <laughs> really? That's like how they just sort of determine the length. That's hilarious. Uh, CD audio length. Yeah. I mean, they had the standard guys this is more of the uh yeah 80 minutes so if you andy if you could imagine each episode of this podcast would need at least three cds <laughs> at least wow at least so there you go i'm really excited about that knowledge and for some reason that's in my head that 80 minutes and why anyway look guys Back to this. <laughs> Having made good on his decision to leave Starfleet and fight at Gowron's side in the Klingon Civil War, Worf begins to suspect Romulan involvement in the conflict when Duras's faction remains strong despite the loss of most of its weapon- weaponry to raids. Picard finally decides to cast aside his non-interventionist stance. He advocates exposing Romulan's support of the rebellious clan uh, because a Duras victory would pose a threat to the Federation Klingon alliance. After winning approval uh, for his non-aggressive blockade, Picard deploys a fleet along the neutral zone. His crew spreads out uh, to lead a task force. The starships are joined with an active tachyon web. Warp is kidnapped and tortured. Data faces his own test of command before a skeptical crew. He finally wins them over when his apparent disobedience to Picard helps plug a hole in the Federation's defenses the Romulans were about to exploit. Expose the Romulans withdraw, leaving the Dora sisters helpless. They flee, leaving Toral behind as Gowron at last assumes leadership of his empire. Worf, realizing he belongs to two cultures, decides his place is aboard the Enterprise. Picard and crew are left to wonder how the late Tasha Yar would have borne Sela, the half-human Romulan commander said to be Tasha's daughter, who led the operation. The end of the story. Yeah. Now... I mean, look, it's not its not the world's longest uh, episode. But I feel like it should have been longer. I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like there's so much in here. Yeah. That just never got... Uh, it's what, do you say? What, do you, what are the words I'm looking for? It never got its due. It's never got... Never uh, got the never time. Got the, the space. The, yeah. Uh, never, we never got to savor the individual things. You don't have a problem with the individual moves that are made. No. You just feel like you would have liked I to see I would have liked each... a little more time. Maybe I liked Look, it so much I'm that I a, wish I had more. I would be 100% on board for a three-parter. I think everything that happens in these episodes is great. Um, so we come in on Worf uh, in the midst of battle with his brother as the, as the captain. So can I, may I say just right off the top, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Worf, with all of his experience, and he's the older brother, we're not going to be able to see, like, it, they put Worf in the same position on this Klingon ship that he is in the, in, in the Enterprise, where 
now uh now Dur- uh, Kern. Kern is saying no to him like just put the guy in charge he's in a Klingon ship now let's watch him kick ass it's like the writers I don't know they begrudge him being awesome um, you know, I just think uh, I have a lot of problems with how Worf is portrayed throughout this, the, the franchise. Yeah. For instance, Andy. Okay. This might be a spoiler, but it's not a spoiler. You're saying it might be a spoiler to me. Yes. There's an episode <laughs> in the TNG, in the uh, D Space Nine run called Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite, mm-hmm. which dives into, you know, Cisco's love of baseball. Right. And they but form a, they form well. a team with the D Space Nine crew. And they're going to go play some ball. You know, you got uh, O'Brien out there, Worf, uh-huh. etc. Here's my problem. Yeah, they don't make Worf good at baseball. Yeah, and I think Worf would just be hitting dingers left and right. He should have the hand eye coordination of a fucking Klingon. Right. It would kind of well, yes, totally and the strength of a Klingon. And it feels he like he should be he should be hitting dingers left and right. Don't make him bad at baseball for the sake of comedy. It would also feel like the Klingons would have a similar perspective in that in that much of the the Klingon the modern the, the TNG era Klingons culture seems to be drawn from Japanese origins, that he would he would be as good as the Japan the Japanese uh, uh, greatest, players uh, are. Greatest uh, hitter of all time in 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 the DS Nine timeline is uh, is a Japanese player who uh, played for a fictional team that I can't remember the name <laughs> really? of right that's now. A, that's an interesting. Yeah, because they had to make it like uh, it, uh, the year was sure, twenty sure. the future twenty fifty three or something like that. Yeah. the home run record was set. And uh, yeah, anyway, so uh, yeah, I agree with you, but definitely here he's. What, you're going to tell me he's not going to get on a Klingon ship now? Also, what a missed opportunity to see, like, everything that Kern does here, 100% you could have seen Worf do it, and it would have been more satisfying, in my opinion. Hmm. Interesting. Like, what do we care about Kern? We're not invested in Kern. I, I like am. Kern. I like Kern as a I character. Bought, I bought Kern stock early. <laughs> close to the glass! A lot of, lot of phaser fire. We will reach the boat sphere in 30 seconds. Birds of prey. Stand by war for my command. Set course 250, mark 015. So, you know, they bring him close to the to the sun, and, and the foolish Doras people uh, follow him, and then he blows up. FYI, a ton of people came at us about the birds of prey, bird of praise, uh came at us with answers yeah we asked the question right they were all saying come at us all they want they were all saying that uh grammatically it would be birds of prey um but i maintain no it shouldn't well i'm saying it shouldn't be so but anyway go ahead i think i'm with you what we get what's your explanation because of the proper title of the ship that's what i say it should be in quotes right right? exactly it's a bird of prey it's one title it's the bird of prey because it's not like they have like i will say this is going to drive people insane because they came at us so hard you can come at me all you want you motherfuckers It's it's not like they had the bird of prey and the cat of prey and the donkey of prey. It wasn't like the of prey line. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Which if and if it was the of prey line, yeah, then I would uh, be uh, very happy to say birds of prey. Yeah. But it is the bird of prey. Yep. I you know what I mean? 
And uh, of course, you know what I mean. I do you agree. Yeah, and someone's like is quoting like, "Look, it's Birds of Prey," and then has a wiki to Birds of Prey from uh, Richard Firth. Then uh, who's Richard Firth? Is this like an author who wrote some sort of book about? I, please specifically be talking about Star Trek. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good uh, because no, Richard Firth is the is the fan that wrote it to because, us. Because look, I will buy a, a thousand percent that in nature, yeah, <laughs> it's multiple birds of prey. Yeah. For instance, Andy, one of the weapons expert challenges in Red Dead Redemption is to hit to kill three birds of prey with a tomahawk. Right. I'm with you, my friend. <laughs> Which is correct. Uh, but outside of that, let's say there was a an animal out there called the, one person. Hang on, let me just finish sorry, this sorry. thought. Go ahead. So I can just really get that. I'm really amped up about no, this. I'm with you. I'm amped up too. One guy even uh it's a friend of yours. I don't remember his name. And you know what? I'm not gonna freaking dig it up. It's probably Dave Amiot. Yeah, that's, that's all Dave Amiot does is says uh, uh, uh said, Oh, you guys are professional writers? You know what? Screw you, pal. Could be either. Wait, thing. wait, wait. Regarding birds of prey? Yeah. Dave Amiot, I will fucking fight you on this <laughs> to the end of time. Because it is the full title. <laughs> that's what I say. It's the full title of the fucking the name of the ship is the Bird of Prey. This is this is how you unite Matt and I. You you come at both of us. <laughs> I am a hundred percent with him. It's crazy talk. You're all crazy. Here's these are all incoming messages. So I'm just going to play this. Oh no, Captain! Incoming message. Message. Um, and here's a here's someone says from this is from. Brandon Davis, who says, and he thought Did for anyone sure, write in agreeing with us? No, we are so wrong. No, I think that most people said that we were wrong. Almost every, everyone said that we were wrong. Okay, that's fair. Thought for sure you guys would bring up uh, fingerprints, Jordy's fingerprints. Oh, this is a different thing. <laughs> uh, also, when Worf says birds of prey, that is correct. How so? It works the same with military rank when you plural, pluralize some ranks. Sergeant's major is the plural of sergeant major. It's weird at first, but it is correct. But that is not a rank. No, that's not, that's not the same thing. And that is uh, Lieutenant Brandon Davis, who's a President Circle member. Thank you for your support. Here's what I'm saying to you. It's not as though there is a first bird, a bird major, a bird of prey. <laughs> this is what I'm saying to you all. Listen to me. You are correct about Sergeant's Major. Okay. First sergeant, master sergeant, whatever you want to say. That is because there are multiple types of sergeants. Mm -hmm. In Klingon, as far as we have seen, in Star Trek The Next Generation, the Klingons have one type of ship that has bird of prey in the title. There aren't multiple birds. This This isn't a Klingon attack bird off the port bow. It's a bird of prey, an attack cruiser... Uh, you know, I can go on and on, but I can't because I can't remember any other names of ships. Um, Battle cruiser. There's another one. Uh, so, what I'm saying to you all is, they have named the ship the Bird of Prey. I'm with Matt on this, guys. I don't know what to tell you. It's like if 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 the USS Galaxy, the USS Enterprise D, and the USS York dropped out of warp yeah and i said there are two two galaxies of starship and there's three galaxies of starship dropping out of warp sir what matt i've never felt so close to you as i do right now i just you know and 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 and, and slow down dave amion we don't have to do something wrong every week this is a theme song for matt because andy has way too many this got- is 
I should have gotten a more uh, a more heroic theme, but that's the only one I have. But uh, this guy, I'm with him. He's right. Um, but that's just in this. In this is the only instance in which I'm talking about pluralizing of birds. Yeah, that's all. That's all. That's all I'm saying. That's all Andy is saying. And I feel so dumb for having wasted six minutes on that. Here's another one I can play. That's standard defense. That's probably the most appropriate use we've ever had of that one. Um, anyway. No, because uh, you rarely agree with me when I'm on my standard defense. I guess, well, I don't have to agree with you for it to be a standard defense. Yeah, but now defense. you agree, so it should be like more trumpety. Uh, yeah, I suppose that's true. <laughs> Anyway, it's a bigger I had, deal. I, I had so I have so much pride in you in that and they're going to be so mad. That I don't we're agree. Agreeing. It's like guys, you know. I so much pride. It's such a swell of pride for this gentleman and I totally agree. And uh I guess this is how unentertaining this podcast would be if we agreed all the time. <laughs> I'm not saying, look, if I took look, for instance, I have 3 pairs of this shoe, Andy. It, this is, No, let me just say this right now. I have 3 pairs of this shoe. This is the Nike Air Max. Okay. Right? Yes. I don't say, I have three Nikes Air Max. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, that's that's going sort of the against the grain is, of what I'm saying, but... If the shoe was Bird of Prey, it would also be two shoes, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you, I think it's really... Hey, can I have those, can I, can I have, uh, those Bird of Preys that you got on the shelf? Oh, you mean these four shoes? <laughs> no, no. Well, here's what I'm saying. I want... Can I get a blue, a pair of blue, a pair of green, and a pair of uh, black? Um, yeah, so you want three pairs of, of, of Bird of Prey. No, I'm you sorry. Want- you want three pairs of Birds of Prey? No, I want three Birds of Preys. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Bottom line, the bird of praise are such a cool ship. I'm gonna have to like are such cool. I'm gonna ships. Have to like that, I'm gonna, that I said wrong. <laughs> I'm gonna have to start the um, actual discussion of the episode at this moment and not the previous. What do you mean? This is part of the thing. I just say hey, we on. saw the bird of praise and then we commented on the bird of praise. Captain's log, stardate four five zero two zero point four. By the way, it opens with a huge Klingon fight. So awesome! The opportunity to make a proposal to Fleet Admiral Shanti. There have been three major engagements in the past two weeks, all of them won by ships loyal to the Duras family. None of which is our concern, John Lu. The Klingon civil war is, by definition, an internal matter of the Empire. Agreed. But if the Duras are being aided by the Romulans, it becomes very much our concern. The Romulans have been attempting to destroy the Klingon Federation. I like, you know, it never, you never really see, I'm sorry, I almost knocked Andy's coffee over again. You never really see admirals refer to captains by their rank and last name. It's always, don't, it's caught around the thing. Okay. Um, as referring to Andy about moving a table, <laughs> it's a whole thing. I just had to stop it before it got weird. Um, they're always like Jean-Luc. Yeah. They're always saying first names. Jim. Right. Jim, listen. But he calls them admiral generally. Yeah, but I'm just like I'm the trope of right. Well, you're high ranking. We're friends. Yeah, <laughs> that you, trope. I'm a little over. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Side note: uh, Is this the first time? It probably isn't that we have seen an African uh, American woman be an admiral in no, Star Trek. I don't think so. No. All right. But if you'd like it to be, I was going to give a little hat tip. Last twenty years, and at the same time. 
that Duras have been secretly conspiring with the Romulans. Doesn't it strike you as odd that the Duras are able to field such an overpowering force against Gowron that they outmatch him at almost every turn? Some would call it good leadership. And some would say that they must be getting help. The Romulans are prepared to take enormous risks to gain any advantage over the Federation. Can we seriously believe that now, with the future of the Klingon Empire in the balance, they are content to stand by and watch? What do I Riker standing in this meeting? What is it you propose, want to say. Captain? We must stop the flow of supplies and equipment to the Duras from the Romulans. Right, right. Is that what I was supposed to say? <laughs> what I propose look to right. is if we send a fleet to the Romulan Klingon border. I am. I think he was going to be no like, I am killing it in this meeting. We'll be in a position. I mean, he says as much. Like, his only line in the scene is to just go, way to go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> nice job, Captain. Meow. To expose any Romulan supplies that attempt to cross the border. A blockade. Exactly. But how would you overcome the Romulan cloaking device? Is this also a different has developed a admiral outfit? Right? No, it's been this That's been the standard for we'll the ladies. Active no, for everyone. Oh, okay. There's an admiral to her right. Is it the same uniform, correct? Well, let's, Am let's I crazy? I, I feel like it's different than the other blockading ships. Now, in theory, any cloaked vessel that attempts to pass between our ships must cross that beam and be detected. Uh, you're right. I'll have to clear this with the Federation Council. In the meantime, assemble your fleet, Captain. Good, uh... I gotta go. Good specific acting by that guy, I'll tell you. Nicely done. I hope we know what we're doing. So do I, number one. That guy just sat there with his arm... Hang on. The Andy Secunda School of Specific Acting. Tell you that guy sat there. He wasn't obtrusive. He's in the background of the shot. He's just sort of clearly get, having an energy of agreement, but he's not doing a bunch of like nodding and yes and oh, well. Now he, he Picard said this. I should react. He just was just steadfast and part of the organic fabric of the scene. Good job, pal. Whatever your name is. I need the jingle again. <laughs> oh, I do. I, I close oh, it sorry. out. Okay, gotcha. Close it out as well. The Andy Secunda School of Specific Acting. I wonder what flies out at the end there. Oh, just, that's your graphic. That's the graphic. Yeah. Oh, nice. It's got a lot of, it's like it's got traces behind it as it's flowing. Oh, sure. It's flying back. Sweet. 45021.3. Convincing Starfleet Command to establish a blockade was relatively painless. Implementing that plan is proving more troublesome. Starfleet is stretched pretty thin across this quadrant. They're only about. 12. I'm handing you this pad. It says 12 on it. Ships within a day's <laughs> that is a 12. <laughs> the only other ships available are either in space dock for repairs or still under construction. Well, that means they're not available, Jordy. God, Riker, I told you to get him out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> it makes a valid point. We could probably though, scare up seven, maybe eight more ships. Miss LaForge, can you implement your tachyon detection grid with 20 ships? No. It's possible. But the more ships the bigger the net we can throw. All right. I want to add the Tiananmen, the Sutherland, and the Hermes, whether the art superintendent is on the Hermes. or not. Mr. The uh, Hermes. Must be a lot of nice scarves on that ship, huh, Matt? I like the, uh, oh, yeah, a lot of fancy, very expensive scarves. Yeah. Um, I like that uh, he's referring to the yard superintendent. 
the shipyard superintendent. Come on. That's now, my kind of specific uh, protocol. Is that is I only have a vaguely in my head. Is that what um, what's his face was from DS Nine? The captain of DS Nine, Cisco. Wasn't he in charge of a fleet yard? What? I thought he was in charge of the uh, the Utopia space station. Planitia. Oh, oh, this is this is the space station. This is not. A, this is well. This is a shipyard. He's referring to. Is, was it Utopia Planitia shipyard? Utopia Planitia was a ship development facility. Aren't they usually built uh, on, on, on uh, back on Earth? I don't know. Or above? Well, Earth. no, not on Earth unless you're in 2009. Ugh. Yeah. Star Trek version. <laughs> um, this is pointless. It is pointless. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, well, you know what? Ugh. I bet there's a real answer, and Dave Amiot will let us know. Data, will you select a group of experienced Enterprise officers to augment the crews of those ships? Aye, sir. Will, I want you to command the Excalibur. Her crew was reassigned when she put in for repairs. Geordie, you will be his first officer. Aye, sir. Do you think he's commanding the Excalibur because it's the uh, Ambassador-class starship that looks just like the Enterprise? They could just recycle the shots. It <laughs> could be. I want the free Data's ship definitely looks different. I really like Data's ship. It also it also looks the Nebula class. more computery. <laughs> it's like yeah, give the Android the computery one. It's got a, like a million screens with information behind him. Yeah, I like that bridge layout. It's interesting yeah. and, and petite for yeah. a ship that is like volume wise essentially the same size as the Enterprise. Sure. Yeah. Uh, by the way, though, so this to me, I know you like protocol. This, to me, is catnip to me. I love this. Like, I love him planning. I love him commanding. I love he's plotting a war and how to outfox the, the Romulans. Yeah. Like, I'm on board for all this, Just too. gold to me. So you you dig this, too? Yeah, okay, absolutely. Good. Yeah. And assigning people other ships? Come oh, on. Oh, my goodness, Frank Andy. Frank Sinatra, come on. <laughs> Frank Sinatra, come on. Uh, what do you think of Data's uh, query here? Uh, Out of character it's definitely emotional it's an emotional yeah but it's also out of character i feel like data would be like delighted to be left on the flagship with serving essentially as picard's first officer isn't wouldn't in the interest of always i suppose wouldn't really be a in the interest of always growing wouldn't he want the experience of command andy i'll allow it but i do have to say this is definitely an example even though i love it in this episode and i love how they handle it and yeah. i love that it's high stakes and this is definitely like knows but him you could have had a whole definitely a whole episode about data getting command of a ship yes mr data may i ask a question sir of a personal nature yes even though we're in the middle of war. I'm confused. We're not in war. Yeah. They're, they're planning a blockade. In a, they're interfering in a civil war. It's just a blockade, Andy. Uh, you know what he's doing. Why have I not been assigned to command a ship in the fleet, sir? Oh, jeez. Well, I felt that you would be needed here. Why do you ask? You have commented on the lack of senior officers available for this mission. I believe my 26 years of Starfleet service qualifies me for such a post. However... If you do not feel the time has arrived for an android to command a starship, perhaps I should address myself to improving... Commander. I believe the starship Sutherland will need a captain. I think of no one better suited for that task than you. Thank you, sir. It is also of note... Mm-hmm. ...that he's been in the in Starfleet 26 years, and... yeah. 
this is the the first time it's come up. I wonder how long he was a lieutenant commander. Uh, he was a lieutenant commander in season one, right? Who was? Data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So that's a long time for him to not have been promoted above this or get his own ship. Is it, though? I feel like in Star Trek, the Starfleet service time for people is always, like, crazily long. Well, for like, our Whenever main, you see, like, personal records on screen. For our main characters, they are, but that's because they're trying to keep him in the show. For your main characters, they are what? The, 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 the promotion time is crazily long. I thought he was, why did I think 27 years? I think he got found and then immediately joined Starfleet Academy. Is that what happened? I think so. Uh, the Klingon stuff, by the way, also is so loud. That tried to destroy us yesterday. Ah, the infamous war. Son of Mo. What is that you are wearing? That is a uniform of a Klingon. <laughs> the capital city is neutral ground. And large men are all around us. Who decided the capital city was neutral ground? Uh, good question. I do, I kind of assume that that was tradition. I don't know. But I do really like that. Oh, this is a good, yeah, good scene. I love the element of that when Klingons are at war with each other, they have neutral ground where they can kind of just chill and go like, yeah, it's just war, that's what we do. Hey, how you doing, Jeff? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jeff, son of <laughs> Bill. <laughs> no, son of Barry. He tries to be, but he's still unsure of himself. Perhaps he needs something to help restore his confidence. I think he'll find our offer appealing. <laughs> I'll make sure he does. These characters are the best. They're funny. They're well-performed. It's just, they're, uh, they should have made them, I hope they come back a lot, because they're, uh, they're just great. <laughs> They're so funny and evil and conniving. About 90% or we'll never leave orbit. Thank you, Mr. Craig. So, Andy, what do you think of this guy? Um, seems like a douche. Lieutenant Commander Christopher Hobson. By order of Starfleet, I hereby take command of this vessel. Please note the time and date in the ship's log. Excuse me, sir. I'd like to request a transfer. May I ask why? I don't believe I'd be a good first officer for you. Your service record to date suggests you would perform that function adequately. No, 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 that's not what I mean. I don't think I'd be a good first officer for you. Why? <laughs> Frankly, sir, I don't so believe concerned. in your ability to command this ship. You're a fellow officer, and I respect that, but no one would suggest that a Klingon would be a good ship's counselor, or that a Borellian could be an engineer. They're just not suited for those positions. Which ones are the Borellians? By the same token, I don't think an engineer is a good choice to be captain. But I'll tell you what, they're not going to be good engineers, apparently. Borellian. I mean, why couldn't a Klingon be a good ship's counselor? This guy's just thinking, like, uh, really myopically, you know? I mean, that's certainly true. <laughs> Borellian. Uh, Borellians have had a reputation for being very inept in dealing... I think this is just... <laughs> it's it's just from the one episode. It's yeah. like, I could write this... You know what I mean? It's so funny to me whenever I do that. It's true. Uh, same thing you're doing right now, which is going to Memory Alpha to be like, well, wh well, why would they say that about them? Let me go find out about more about them on Memory Alpha. And then you look up Memory Alpha's 
entry, and it is just based on this one and reference to it. Yep. It's Galorn and Core all over again, Andy. <laughs> sure Let's is, develop buddy. the Borellians. Maybe the Borellians had a had a had a dealings at Galorn and Core. Hmm. All I right. know this guy, by the way. Oh, um, whoa, from something big? I don't know what I know him from. I know him from something big, though. <laughs> it's, his name is Timothy Carhart. And uh, let me just, I'm sorry, I had a busy day. It's tough, guys. It's tough. I got a lot of stuff. Andy had to be somewhere at noon today. Um, I'm just going to play Do you know this. him from Roseanne? Do you know him from Frasier? Do you know him from... Uh, he was Mad from, Men. He was a violinist in Ghostbusters too. I don't even remember a violinist. You? He's the violinist when uh, they go to when Peter goes to Lincoln Center, and she, he is standing with Sigourney Weaver. He's putting uh, nose uh, spray up his nose. No, that's not him, is he? Yeah, I don't think that's him. That's him, the one who's ju- who's like sort of snottily yes. looking at him. Yes. Anyway, Secundas claim to fame from something big very disconcerting to hear my own voice like that um well i would know him from that you, you would know him from that but that's not where you know him from he's in desperately seeking susan which i also would know but i don't remember him from that oh he's gonna play it no it's right before just that talk don't don't, don't worry about what's I'm happening saying, up here you until do I, it until to I me constantly you, until don't i cue you in all here right um trying to find the right clip that's the problem all right there he is. This is in a different language, obviously. It's the dubbed version. I think I might know him from... This is the scene, Andy. Oh, okay. That's him. Yeah, that's him. Wow, good job. That was just me from memory, by the way. Um, He's also in Beverly Hills Cop 3. I would not know him from that. Yes, he is. Oh, my God. Oh, do you know him? Is he he's the, villain the bad in guy. In I think Beverly that Hills is Cop what 3. I know him from. I think you're right. And he like gives a oh my god he gives a speech. Hang on, hang on. Ellis DeWalt is his name in that movie. Oh my gosh, good job. Yep, yep. Ellis DeWalt. Ellis DeWalt. That is right. And he's very. That should be that number a, one on his IMDb. I, I think that is that is. Uh, if you'd like to hear a full length audio commentary of Beverly Hills Cop Three with me and Scott Mosier, that please, is what I know him from. Please head on over to the old Phoebe, uh, and you can download Beverly Hills Phoebe. Uh, which was a very fun episode for me to make. Uh, oh my god, it's available in the entire. It, it, it seemingly entirety is on YouTube. I remember he has a really. Cocky it is in you. Uh, the entirety of this thing is in on YouTube. Sometimes this Beverly Hills Street on the podcast. What is happening? Someone, someone sunk you know, the movie. It's like up. the opening of the other two. This is me and Scott doing undercover. the. Commentary he track cover. I mean, he's he's like surrounded this is, by. This is this is like Matt playing like if we were going out. He was playing like an excerpt of another relationship, like from a date. That is or something. So hey, you know what? I've been good on dates. Hello. Here, listen to this. Well, that's so crazy. Oh, that was Andy Daly. I'll turn that off too. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! What are you doing to me? <laughs> oh, my God. I wish it was Andy Daly. Um, just Andy with anyone named Andy he has real problems. <laughs> He was so happy when Andy Rooney finally died. Finally clearing some of the Andy space. <laughs> now Andy can be the Andy that notices things. In the bandwidth. Arrive in due course. The Federation fleet has left Starbase 234. They've set course for Klingon territory. How many? At least 20 starships. Who is commanding this fleet? Picard. What does it mean? Is the Federation going to enter the war? 
Should we attack them before they get here? Silence the child or send him away. I Rohar. like the kid too. Toral. I want. I really like the kid too. That he's just always saying the wrong thing loudly. <laughs> just, just shut him. Somebody shut him up. Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's like a uh, Klingon staff writer. <laughs> a staff writer. Uh, oh, here's a... Here's a well, I'm really, I'm really uh, a theme crazy today. Here you go. Oh, <laughs> Inside Baseball with Matt, Andy, and Captain Cisco. It's appropriate because of the recent reference to it. Um... Uh, staff writer. Usually, when you're first in, this is the first time you've, you've well, had a job. Clarify, let's clarify. Yes. Staff writers uh, in scripted. When you're on a late night show, everybody's a staff writer. That's fair. Yeah, and usually some of them can be and there for years, writer, and they're, yeah. they're veterans. Yeah. If you're not a veteran, it's your first job. You're also what they call a baby writer, and uh, you're beginning. And your staff writer, you will often kind of be loud and not be listening to the flow of the room and you'll uh, spout off a lot of opinions and you'll critique other people's work without having solutions and uh, and uh, and uh, generally disrupt the flow just like Toral is doing here there you go and it's real funny to me because I'm not in a writer's they room they will need them. to regroup now <laughs> we destroyed their supply bases in that sector three weeks ago how can they continue to fight they well must. sir that was nearly a month <laughs> Maybe they have better leaders. Cool. Oh no. Cool. She gets a big appearance here, coming out of the darkness when none of us knew who I he is. I say you have failed as our leader, Galron. The meals prepared have been terrible. Uh, I feel like I know him from something big. <laughs> Jordan, you want to <laughs> No, no, no. It's okay, Andy. Don't worry about it. Jordan Lund. I don't know him. I read a thing about uh, the. Uh, this is makeup. a great. I just want to say this is a great shot uh, of Garon coming off the throne. Definitely. I love the set. I really love the set design in this. Uh, Garon, played by. Who was it? Um, Robert O'Reilly. I read a thing that uh, he was in the makeup chair in mm-hmm. the. Uh, the makeup gentleman, uh, he just bugged his eyes out at one point, and he's like, you should do that as much as you possibly can. And he made that the whole character. Whoa. I never really thought about that as the whole character. <laughs> I feel like that's, people really comment on it a lot and things people have sent us in our Facebook. Why? I don't know. It's... Do people have a problem it's, with it? Should we fight them in, for Gowron's honor? I don't dispute that. I think his eyes are, are very uh, characteristic. Yeah, but, you know, in a Marty Feldman kind of way. But not. Fair. Marty Feldman leaned into it a lot. That's fair. The enemy is the Duras. We are. I love how there's a whole room of Klingons now not listening to him. I know. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> But also, side note, I don't know if I've raised this before. I'd like it raised one more time, please. How how has the Klingon Empire become a superpower? They're in just constant disarray. They're fighting with each other. They don't value science. Look, we are spending so much time with the military branch of the Klingons. There are Klingon scientists I out there. I see, I see. So this is like on Planet of the Apes when there's the, yeah. there's the scientists and then there's, yeah, I mean, it is there's in the way. gorillas. But the... Um, the gorillas. I think the gorillas are mostly the warriors, and the chimpanzees are mostly the scientists. Oh, 
That's my memory, anyway. Memories <laughs> of the apes on Earth. I Fun. spoiled Planet of the Apes. <laughs> if you haven't seen the Charlton Heston version. Oh, wait, is it different in the new version? Uh, I think it is. I don't. I think it's he Earth. knows. I think he knows it's Earth, and then something different happens. Oh, I see. I don't want to spoil the end. I'm confused. I think it's a. Little, what are you talking? You're talking, talking about, about. You're talking about the Mark Wahlberg. You're version? talking about that's the second. That's the that's the first remake. Then there's the second remake. You know, I haven't seen the second remake. I've heard great things about it. I oh, haven't you haven't seen, seen it, either. it either. I haven't seen it. Matt, any. nope. Come on, let's do it for the Patreon. <laughs> no, I'd rather not. Oh. Meanwhile, Deanna now. Troy finally showed up. The fleet to Seriously. I love Chief O'Brien. I'm so happy he's back. No uncloaked ships within sensor. Oops. Range. A few subspace anomalies, but nothing firm. Those anomalies could be cloaked ships. Could be, sir. <laughs> Open the channel to the Excalibur. That's how, you, that's how you handle Excalibur. when you're when you're being shot down, Worf. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. That's also a, that's, what that's also a way we could go with that. <laughs> Riker here. Deploy the fleet, Will. It's time to spread on net. Yes, sir. Nice. Look at that big old sensor array up top. We've arrived yeah. at the that designated science ship. Mm-hmm. Stop. That is what the I know from. It's so amazing. Good job, everybody. Starboard power coupling is overloaded. We've got a radiation leak on decks ten through twelve. Why are the backups not functioning? There wasn't enough time to test all the backups before we left the yard. Terry, I want you down in engineering working on a new coupling. What a douchebag. You have taken the phaser and torpedo control units offline. Keith, you and I will start bringing Mr. the radiation. It is inappropriate for you to determine a course of action without consulting your commanding officer. I was trying to safeguard the lives of people on those decks. But you're right. Relay those orders, everyone. Do you think it's purely ego Lasers from this guy? No, I think it's 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 a it's a sort of a robot racism. I see. That's all. That's all I thought of it. I don't think. Don't, I don't think it's this guy's ego at all. I, I think it's like genuinely like. Can't racism sometimes be played into by ego? Well, Andy, I don't know. I don't know either. We should learn more about racism. <laughs> don't, 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 don't. Well, I suppose ego in the sense of, like, the superiorism of a... Yeah, but that comes out of insecurity, doesn't it? Well, I mean, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I think he's a little insecure. But that's he's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's ego. I'm, well, I'm not saying... I'm saying the ego is the insecurity. Not ah, the I ego see. is you. Well, Whatever I'm just, and I'm just saying he's a reverse Geordie. Is it He bird hates of, machines. Bird of prey or birds of prey? <laughs> birds of prey. Is it uh, Nebula's class? <laughs> Or is it Nebula class <laughs> nice. ships? Nice, pal. Constitu- oh, look at all look, those. Oh, look at all those constitutions class. <laughs> Fuck you all. Andy and I are right. If you think we're wrong, you come find us on the internet, not in real life. We'll be very nice to you anyway. But seriously, get the hell out of here. Are you guys podcasts listener? <laughs> What should we do, sir? You will take the phaser and torpedo units offline and begin repairs of the starboard power coupling. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. You heard the captain, everyone. Captain, he spits it out. Axel Foley was right to take this guy down. 
if that's what happens at the end of Beverly Hills. <laughs> oh, of course. Come on, man. I assume so. Data, data, I do. Data, I love. Data, uh, data, data, data. I do love that movie. Beverly Hills Cop three. I, I love it for the reason it was. There was a particular time in my life. I guess when that movie came out. What year did that movie come out? Ninety three, I'll guess something like that. It was definitely late. Um, I. It was one of those movies that was like just constantly, constantly playing on Showtime. Yeah. And I saw it probably. 20 times and then it just i had a fondness for it i could not that one i could not get there i love it rough uh 1994 and fyi this guy was also in a fraser yes as mr grant and some assembly required um so let me just now say that uh yeah 94 i was 11 yeah so crazy for a 11 or 12 year old to like a Beverly Hills cop oh, right, that takes oh, place right. at a theme park come on Andy what a, couldn't I love about it it's a great concept I'm not complaining about that obviously. execution is also great no okay speaking of execution it's time for Jordy and a lot of screens Riker on the Excalibur Yay. Mr. Laborde how long do you think it will take the Romulans to detect the tachyon field once I don't know sir but we're not going to a close up because this set wasn't Romulan finished sensors are as good as ours <laughs> Very well. Energize the network. Love it. So cool. If only there was some way to get around it. FYI, uh, yes. Good. Love seeing O'Brien at tactical. I agree. I mean, whenever he's up there, it's it's always a. It's He'd always be a great a tactical guy. He's got to have fast hands to run that. Uh, but on the transporter, Trent. Look, Chief O'Brien is just one of the great chiefs. You know. Yeah. Chief Wahoo. Chief O'Brien. Set <laughs> <laughs> for both of us now. Uh, this is exactly what got us a uh, hate tweet last week. Just the <laughs> silliness with word association. You're using the beams as a detection. Here's what I don't. Here's what always can, like bothers me about. Um, Seal a great commander, by the way. Three dimensional space. Right? Yeah. It's just like, well, why don't these ships just go? Wee. Follow my mouse. Follow my mouse. He's making them go to the top of the screen. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. I could just do this all day as long as I don't go here. Yeah. Like, they can't possibly be blocked. It's the problem with three dimensional space, right? I mean, you could theoretically, with enough ships, cover an entire system by being like forming some sort of shield around it. Probably implying that the distance they're covering is so great, even if it's just blocking, like that they would have to go too far. But I got warp drives. It's really weird. Hey, you know what? I'll accept. I accept. I don't know. I'm with you. If we try to cross it, they'll see us. Even if we're cloaked. This is what the people in... If, if the Romulans had a cetacean ops, yeah, those dolphins would be like, let's just go under it or over it because we know how to navigate three-dimensional space. Hi, guys. I got a thought. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, go ahead, cetacean ops. <laughs> and if just, this ends with us giving you tiny fish again... I, well, it's part of the plan, but I don't have to get to that part first. Uh, okie dokie. Okay. What is it? We are in the middle of trying to stop a... Ro- wait, who are we? 
with rubbing it. Right, we're in the middle of trying to stop a Federation blockade. <laughs> okay, first of all, I don't think the tone is necessary. No, yeah, I'm, I'm a sure, dolphin. Sure, yeah, I'm part of the crew. I, I understand. Look at my look at my Romulan outfit. Yep, it's very nice. I, okay. I do like your shoulder pads. As Why well. don't we? Call... What are those fin pads for you? What do we call? Yes, them? I requested them. <laughs> Why don't we go around? <laughs> what do you mean? Like you mean through three it? Three dimensional you mean, space. You mean I know can't... it's for you guys to sit. Wait, what are you saying? You're saying we can go under this or over? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I mean, really? The, the choices of direction are are almost limitless. <laughs> Wow, you know, I really never thought about that. Yeah. I, 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 in fact, I, this is the first time you guys have ever been useful for us. You put some <laughs> what salmon in the <laughs> Wait, I don't think you eat salmon. It's a river salmon? fish. What are we, little little krill? What are we? What are we into? <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow, that was uh It's really, I. Thank you so much. No I appreciate it. I just so why we're here. Oh yeah. Well, just uh, don't forget to turn off your. I could, I'd like some herring, cod, or mackerel. Oh wait, or no. possibly squid. Oh, the rest of you are also bothering me now. Oh god! They Can everybody up in station ops just calm down? They feel like we could be using navigational strategies. That really? Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, guys, yes. All right. I'm going to look. Thank you so much. I'm going to close this comm channel. Holy crap. Oh, what? Even more large dolphins. Andy, we're, oh, wait. we're no longer in the bit. A dolphin is like a killer whale. Is a killer whale a dolphin? Well, they're mammals. As well, some dolphins eat fishes like herring, cod, or mackerel. Yum, yum, yum. Some others eat squids or other cephalopods. Yum, yum, yum. Even more, large dolphins like killer whales. I didn't know. Are you saying dolphins? Dolphin. Hang on. Are you saying dolphins like? No, like, I, I'm no, a so dolphin, sorry, and I really like I'll killer whales. <laughs> Even more large dolphins like killer whales eat marine mammals like seals or sea lions, and sometimes okay. so that's why it is. All right, all right, all right. So now I have to look up our killer whales, dolphins. No, no, Andy. They're both. They're both porpoises. Killer whale For or the... orca is a tooth whale belonging to the oceanic dolphin family. Oh wow! But it's all mammal. Yeah, I didn't say they, they got were blowholes, right? They yeah. got blowholes. And you're like, well, blow me down. whether the mammals never came into play. Well, Andy, they're mammals. I don't know why you think they're not mammals. <laughs> All right. Stop thinking they're just big fish. Issue orders to begin work on a way to penetrate this field. Well, we covered it. This has been the dolphin minute. Captain Picard, should leave. Captain, I'm picking up something directly ahead. Romulan ship decloaking. Uh, open it to channel to the rest of the fleet. Guys, we found him. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I think so there are Romulans here. They're hailing us, sir. On screen. Colomini is really great at acting like a professional when he's a tactical. Tasha. <laughs> no, Captain. Is he just an amateur otherwise? <laughs> No, I'm just. Do you feel like when he's down in the transporter room, he's uh, real, real casual? No, I think he does the same thing. I think everybody, when they're tactical, tends to like really react a lot, 
and uh, or in in the back panels. And I think he's just like looking down. He's doing his thing. Oh, this is the next thing we got to deal with. He's a soldier. He's doing a good job. This has been Chief O'Brien appreciation. Twenty seconds. Good job, Colomini. Way to go, Chief. So this lady. Twenty hours. Denise Crosby. I know her from something big. <laughs> oh, TNG. Um, no, Pet Cemetery. Oh yeah. Next. So this lady. What are you saying? I don't know. I I, I think my main question. I don't know if I'm skipping ahead here, but my main no. Question- this is why we read the Larry Nemechek thing so we could skip around and not care. I don't know that even by the end we really know. No. She's just doing this out of, like, I want to fucking let this guy know what's who's up, what, yeah. who's doing this uh-huh. to him. Because uh-huh. it doesn't mess with his head at all, and I don't uh-huh. know why you would have thought that it would have messed uh-huh. with his head. What? It's just, like, it's so meaningless to me. It's not yeah. even a plot point. It no. really isn't even a plot point. He kind of calls it out. Yeah, it's like, I don't believe anything you're saying, but uh, okay. And, like, we have to spend a scene with Guinan and a scene with her and a scene, like, for nothing. For no information, except the cool, heady thing of, like, in that other timeline, you sent me back. Whoa. (laughs) The only thing I'll say is that... No uh, exploration of that. Of of which part? Of the actual fucking... I wish they had left Tashiar alive. That would have been a more interesting thing. Because she's from a different universe. That Tashiar. But you're not arguing that this should have been Tashiar. Or are you? No, 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 no. You're just saying that she should have been alive. Very strange. I don't know why they would have left the door. I mean, I guess they could have. They could have. Uh, oh, you know what? You know why? Because I think it plays into showing that How this evil lady she is, is. Yeah, she is and not. She's Tasha nothing Yar. like Tasha Yar. Yeah, I think that's what it is. But you definitely also Again, later could I have, allow that. You could have retconned that and said she actually escaped. The father maybe let her get escape, escape and and faked her death. Mm, I love it, Andy. Could have done that. That's what Andy would have written. Anyway, my. I, I don't know. I have a lot of things to say about this. Well, now's the time. We're doing a podcast about it. No, I feel like I'll wait till we're off air to talk about what I think about this episode. One thing is, it's interesting because it's kind of like, this is Tasha Yar's daughter. But the Tasha Yar isn't the Tasha Yar we knew. Right. That was a Tasha Yar from a different universe. So who even knows what that Tasha Yar told this Tasha Yar about, uh, uh-huh. about this crew? So that's one thing. Um, another thing was, I kind of forgave that she does what is essentially an emotional choice. This lady is very, she's very tactically minded. She's got great strategy. She's in command. And this is the only thing she does in the episode that's just like, what? Why are you doing that? And I will say. Uh, which is what? Which is like. Opening confront, the hell to him? Yeah, confront oh, Picard. I thought it was explained nicely as like a whatever, a, a try to throw him off his game, but she doesn't. Oh, that's what you take it as? Yeah. Maybe. But what would it have done? How would it have changed his course of action? Seeds of doubt. Uh-huh. Like, maybe she he shouldn't destroy her. Maybe. I feel like it's a move of emotion and ego. And I actually think... Speaking of egos, what's that guy doing with data? Anyway, go ahead. I kind of think that's, uh, that is something that Tashi R would have done. She would have made moves out of emotion that made no sense. So in some ways, this is a good uh, daughter of uh, Tasha Yar. Yeah, it's the Romulan. It's the Romulan side that has grounded her and made her a great uh, uh, strategic genius. But uh, it's the uh, it's the human weirdo personality disorder Tasha Yar side. I am a human weirdo. <laughs> Believe her, Council. I'm not saying we should accept her claim at face value, but do you think that uh, that that lean that uh 
Kate McFadden is giving is like I said you mean her claim about her face like she wanted to say that (laughs) (laughs) I got a pun just burning a hole in my pocket right now (laughs) regardless of what she believes Celia can't be her daughter I've reviewed all of Tasha's medical records and there is no indication that she was ever pregnant besides Tasha was a child when this woman was born Celia could have been cloned or had her appearance surgically altered but why what possible advantage could there be to the Romulans exactly like I, I like that they uh, like you said earlier I like that they do sort of they go through the list of put a fucking put a hat on it you yeah, know yeah. like well why are we doing this right <laughs> speaking of reveals is she here to take the Klingon throne nope oh. how many how many people come out of the darkness in this episode Bruce travels fast I heard that Tasha Yar's daughter is aboard the Romulan ship I think that the Romulans are just hoping to create a distraction. They want to keep us off balance. Hmm. How much do you know about what happened to the last ship called Enterprise? Enterprise C? It was lost at the Battle of Narendra III, defending a Klingon outpost from the Romulans. And the survivors? There were stories of prisoners taken back to Romulus, but these were only rumors. No. There were survivors. Uh Uh-huh. And Tasha Yar was one of them. Guinan, that was 23 years ago. Tasha Yar was only a child. Data had been in Starfleet for three years. (laughs) But I also know she was aboard that ship. And she was not a child. And I think you sent her there. (laughs) I mean, it's just like... It's interesting that her intuition tells her everything except that Tashi R basically said, I want to go and sort of pushed it on Picard. Yeah, this feels like a little bit of retconning. Yeah. For the sake of like you the the viewer thinking that she has a vendetta against Picard, but then we reveal in the scene later that like no, I don't have a vendetta against you. I just, I, I had my mother, I got my mother killed, and I'm happy about it because I'm a Romulan. You know what I mean? Doesn't she still sort of have no. her feelings towards Picard? Doesn't seem like she does. Seems like she's fully accept her Romulanisms. Romulonians. Uh, but I would think that there's part of her, even if she's embraced her Romulanosity, um, that she's basically like to defy my mother's uh you know my connection to my mother i will destroy the guy that she had a connection to which is you and i will humiliate you you were her commander mm-hmm. i have no respect for her or anything she stood for i'm going to destroy you or embarrass you i mean it would make more sense if like she was his commander no it would make less sense <laughs> my brain doesn't work wasn't following that what is this urgent matter we need to discuss it's the plot of this episode <laughs> I prefer to stand that's what 709 would say I'm that you have misinterpreted our presence here I want to reassure you that we have no hostile intention except for the armada ah. the blockade it's not hostile. So then I can tell my superiors that a, a fleet of 23 Federation starships is on our border for, what, humanitarian reasons? I like that. It is our intent to prevent any external power from interfering in Klingon affairs. Nor do we have any plan to do so. But Captain, 
If for any reason we chose to enter Klingon territory, how would you stop us? With our cloaking devices, we can slip by you at will. Mm-hmm. And why don't you just take your ships across? You sound eager for us to try. Perhaps you've discovered a method in detecting our ships. Just to fish out the information out of it, maybe? However. Yeah. I don't think you asked me here to discuss our military situation. She didn't let that drop pretty fast. Why did I invite you here? You want the answer to the only question on your mind. How could Tashiar be my mother? She wants to throw it at him. It's been suggested that she was on board the Enterprise C when it was destroyed 24 years ago. That she was one of the survivors and that obviously you're a product of a union between her and the Romulan. <sighs> but you know that's impossible. She would have been a child when that battle occurred. But you claim that it is possible. Why? That's the that moment in the script I don't understand. Why is she sort of saying, oh, but that of course would be impossible when she really clearly wants Well, she to also know. could have been like, she could also think that her mother was crazy because her mother's like, I'm a time traveler. I came from a different time. I yeah. shouldn't be here. I must take you to my home planet. Wait, there are rape gangs. I must take you to Earth. Yeah. So she's just been told this story over and over again. It's kind of like John Connor uh, in Terminator 2, right? Yeah. The mother is like preparing him for this fucking invasion right. of machines and that he has like, seen nothing of. He's like, she's bad shit. She's crazy. She's in a mental institute. I don't even see her anymore. Right. You know. Yeah, it could be. But I, yeah, it's a, it's really, yeah, I would love to know. I don't know if we find out Do later. Do you think that there's not enough time spent on this particular thing? Uh, without question. <laughs> that that critique is definitely true. It's just every... You're s- just introducing so many things that are like, so just true. take two more episodes, I think guys. it bothers, I think the same thing that I like about this episode is the thing that bothers you about this episode, which is, well, to me, it's packed filled with plot and i find in many but it episodes is unanswered it's just like, right, plot it's like not uh, it's not i guess what i'm saying is like you don't it's touch not, on um, any of this stuff later though not really no that's disappointing or maybe we do oh so what i'm saying is like in this spoiler alert or is it uh the um what i'm saying is in this episode like it's just like you're just like there's so many things where like what why Wait, can we unpack this? Yeah, definitely. It's like if I brought Andy uh, like uh, a tray of, of this is going to be a bad metaphor, Shake Shack because I'm just going to devour everything that's in front of me. <laughs> a tray of Shake Shack. <laughs> this, is, this is why I like it. Hang on a second. <laughs> okay. And I open up the tray, and it's like every single burger uh-huh. that they have ever every special burger they made like <laughs> that board. one summer i was back home in boston and they had the one that had lobster on it holy shit it was great oh my um, gosh and i said andy look at this tray of burgers yeah huh? you, you go ahead what do you want to eat yeah. and you pick one up you take a bite and then i take the tray away <laughs> well and you're like well wait what about this that's not what it is what, what about it the is? rest of it what it is is here's hey, Andy's this, real burger. This thing. one has a burger Have with lobster. Have you had hi-ho? This one has a burger with chicken. This one's a double Shake Shack. This one's a the smoke smokehouse. This one's the split uh, uh, hot dog. The Chicago the Chicago Chicago dog. And, uh, no, no, hot Chicago hot dog. Hot 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 dog. Um, and uh, and I got a bite of all of them. I would love that. Well. That's not what this is for me. I know. Maybe it was bad, because you do want a bite of everything. I do want a bite of everything. Hmm. Andrew Secunda, 2019. <laughs> <laughs> 
Andy's tombstone. I tried, I tried most of it. Yeah, she was on that ship 24 years ago. She was sent there by you. Oh, yeah, he, did. he does tell her. She tells him everything. Uh-huh. How'd that happen? She was among those few who survived. They were all to have been executed after the interrogation, but a Romulan general saw her and became enamored with her. So a deal was struck. Their lives would be spared if she became his consort. I was born a year later. Do you think consort is the equivalent of wife, or that's like a lesser thing? I don't know. It's a good question. If anybody knows... From, I don't know that the Romulan... From any... Hierarchical Romulan. I mean, the Romulans are so little known about the Romulans just in general. Such a they shame. appear a lot, but they're it's so rarely... Um, like it's such a, an unexplored great territory. And then they came up with the... Like the social structure of Romulans is the interesting sort of thing. But the Cardassians, which, as I'm told, are great villains later. But it's just like, you got the Romulans! Anyway. Andy's tombstone also says on the back, but you got the Romulans. (laughs) Everything in me that was human died that day with my mother. All that's left now is Romulan. Never doubt that. Mm, I didn't. Doubts? I'm full of them. (sighs) But nothing in my experience can persuade me that what you have told me is true. And I do know one thing. It will not affect my judgment at our next encounter. Why? You have 14 This hours. whole thing was pointless. Yeah, why does he say... Why is it necessary in the script, as from a screenwriting perspective, for him to say, I don't believe any of that? Like, why doesn't he just accept it and say, whether that is true or not true, it will not affect my judgment? You know, I will say, I do what I do... One of the things I do like about this is that he says to her, I don't believe any of this. Because it is so far-fetched and it's coming from a Romulan sitting opposite him I and know, they're in the midst g- of a he's battle. He's got Guinan backing it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Emerging from the shadows. Yeah, that's true. I, you know, but it is, it is so far-fetched. I mean, yeah, sure, it's far-fetched. Yeah. But she's also, he's also got, I mean, yeah, you could create it from cosmetic surgery, as they say, but he's got Tasha. And he's also saying... You know, it is all leading back to the thing of like, well, this was fun, but nothing's changing. See you. Good talk. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. You only knew our brother. We are not like him. Our brother made many mistakes. One was to make you an enemy. We would rather be your friend. Oh, by, by the way, you skip over. Uh, we, don't have to, we don't have to play it, but I love that she's stroking him, and he has a moment of, "Oh yeah, do it!" Oh my god! <laughs> he like wakes I mean, he's up. He's waking from sleep. He's sure. in a dream. It was he's probably a sensual Klingon. Or we never see that side that often. He Actually, has I guess a we son. That's true. She's also, he's Louise. He loved her. Kellar. Susie Plaxon. Um. But I love it. He, he could have been dreaming. But I like love his, these two. These his, two, they should do a spinoff just with them. I want to see them in the Picard show. That's who I want to see in the Picard show. Make it happen, somebody. All right. Someone figure out how to make that happen. The Duras sisters. You know that. But Toral needs guidance. A firm hat. A father figure. 
That could be you. If you were mated to Bator. The rewards could be greater than you can imagine. Nothing will stand in our way. We could rule the Empire together. Join us, Worf, and usher in a new era for our people. Era where honor has no meaning? Where Klingons trade loyalties in dark rooms, and the Empire is ruled from Romulus. It makes valid points. Enough, Lursa. This is where Worf should be like, wait. Tasha? Do we see her? You failed. I need to know the strength and capabilities. You sure do, pal. Really I don't point. have time for this. Worf doesn't even look confused. <laughs> Maybe Worf has face blindness. Come over the guard. Vator <laughs> can have him back when Just they finish like with me. Come. You showing me Tasha Yar is not going to weird me out. This is a Romulan trick or a ploy. Expose that involvement before the deadline. What is it you propose? If you launch a full-scale attack now, then the Duras fleet will call for supplies. Lurcell and Beto will call for help. The Romulans will try to run the blockade. And we'll be ready for them. And once the Romulan connection has been exposed, support will fall away from Lurcell and Beto. Very well. I will make preparations. One thing more, Picard. Worf has been captured by the Duras. I hope he dies well. I love the... Kapla! I love the the quick way he gets out of that conversation. Oh, uh, just one more thing. <laughs> uh, your boy's been captured. He's probably going to die. Uh, success! But you know what? I'm going to send a bunch of Klingon attacks cruiser to them. <laughs> Pray, what the fuck are you all talking about? <laughs> ah! <laughs> so mad. By the way, look at this. You see this? Yeah. Phaser damage, phaser damage, phaser damage. This is just a recycled shot from yesterday's Enterprise. Oh. Also directed by uh, the, 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 the Crosby. What's his name? Not Denise Crosby. Not Denise Crosby did not. Denise Crosby, did, good she job. Did not. I meant David wow. Carson. David Carson. The DCs confused my brain. Oh my God, David Carson. He's got a good record. And the Hornet to this position, which will open a small gap in our detection net. And if the Romulans are already aware of the Tachyon field, they should run the blockade at that point. Exactly. But when they try to bring their ships through, the Enterprise and the Tiananmen will swing around, close the gap, catch them in the act. Very nice. I'd better get back. Good luck, Will. Good luck, Captain. I'm going to go to my ship now. It's very small. I love that moment also. Just even the good luck. is like they're in war. This is what these two guys are like in war. They got cool heads. Riker's a little bit in love with him. It's great. A little. A lot in love with I him. I mean, come on. He saw it from the first scene when he's sniffing his non-hair. It's true. That's why he was standing. <laughs> That's what he was doing to his bald head. Yep. I just love the way your skin smells in the morning. Do you I'm moisture? sorry, number one. Do you moisturize up there? Sure. Always. <laughs> the card now, Admiral, <laughs> as I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jean-Luc. <laughs> in the net. He doesn't have enough ships to maintain the network. If we act quickly, we can also, move through. this is some just delicious Ron Moore writing. And Commander. then you set up the no. trap, and then she spots the trap. 
it's like good cat and mouse and then data has to find a way around her her counterpoint to the trap it's just ah it's so great now pew 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 i'm attacking on pulse that was me that was the sound attacking on pulse would make data here sir yep we're reading a disruption of the tachyon net in your area Yes, sir. The Romulans have released a high-energy burst. The net is no longer effective in a radius of 10 million kilometers around the Sutherland. That's where they're going through. Send a signal to the fleet. All ships to fall. But if they're going so far uh, down this net, why not just go under the entire thing? <laughs> we'll re-establish the net there. Aye, sir. We're cousins to the Kilorail. It is odd. I think this is not good captaining by Data to just get up and run over to a machine, to a computer, and just not answer anybody. Disney figure he can do it. What are you doing? Oh yeah, I guess so. he, he probably could have yeah. multitasked and answered the question at the same time. Tachyon signature to form around their own ships, but we have no way of detecting it. All stop. Thanks, sir. All stop. Sir. This bridge has like just weird office chairs in it. Yeah, it's definitely weird. I like it though. The it's, fleet's been it is a little to... bit enter- Enterprise C in the alternate universe. It's very dark and weird. And... Yeah, but it's also like I just feel like it would have a bigger, much bigger opener. Brit more op- opener. Yeah, that's right. I kind of feel like an opener. It's an appropriate bridge for data. That's what I was saying. Is like it has all these screens. It's a lot of tech stuff. It's not that comfortable. Like he doesn't need any crap. Tachyon signatures will not last long. By the so time the fleet hair is deployed, is it will be too late. <laughs> Begin to reconfigure the sensors to detect ionized particle traces. The entire area has been flooded with tachyon particles. We'll never be able to find what we're looking for. I am aware of the difficulties. Please bring the phasers back online. That will flood three decks with radiation. We will initiate radiation protocol when necessary. You don't give a damn about the people whose lives you're throwing away. We're not just machines. Mr. Hobson. You will carry out my orders or I will relieve you of duty. Trailer. <laughs> that was in the trailer. So in the trailer, I was like, oh, it's some kind of weird lore thing or there's an emotion chip or something and it's, it's never touched on. And I assume that the explanation is his programming told him when a subordinate doesn't listen to you, you got to raise your voice and, and be, get aggressive. Like what is going on here? Yeah, I assume that's part of it. It's a little weird. Oh, no. Do you not like it? I feel. I mean, this is definitely an area where Matt's point comes to comes to bear that uh, that they could have spent a moment. Uh huh. Yeah. Just a, I don't know, half a beat. Yeah. It's also <laughs> at the end when. I mean, it's just that they're so big. These moments are these are sort of big sweeping things they're saying about characters, right? I just feel like it should have been unpacked a little bit. Right, and there's a moment at the end when uh, when this guy basically he he realizes he's wrong and he tries to have a moment. I don't I don't know if he's going to apologize or if he's just like uh, uh, Captain. I'm uh, he just says Captain and Data stops and then walks off and doesn't even turn around. It's like that feels like that's a little out of character, and that Data would just give him his polite moment. Oh, I really like. He sort of has a little bit of an attitude. I also like, like the the microscopic muscle movement of data the corner of uh, brent spiner's mouth it's a great performance. almost smile oh interesting i didn't notice that 
Captain, the Sutherland isn't heading for the rendezvous point. She's come to a full stop. Oh, maybe we booked Kiefer instead of Donald. I've got more wordplay coming, Mr. O'Brien. Jesus Christ. Open a trap. <laughs> the Enterprise wants to know the reason we've stopped. We need a, we need a, a pun uh, alert. <laughs> sound. So Somebody start working on a pun dumb. alert. Sound. Um, so Data doesn't answer. Like, he just should have just answered. Him right, yeah. Because oh, right, yeah. yeah. then Picard would be like, carry on, Mr. Data. Meet us there when you can. Yeah. We trust you. Answer the Enterprise. Even if somebody on board doesn't trust you. Highlight any tachyon Although, which what if he's afraid of the... Uh, Romulan's listening? Yeah. That, maybe you, if you had a moment to explain sir, that for our character, it would yeah. be interestingly nice. Pointless. I guess that would have been a good thing for him to say to this guy. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way for us to be sure the Romulans are out there. Reconfigure photon torpedo warhead yields. Set for high energy burst level six. Level six? But that won't even... Do it! So whiny. That's probably what my character would have been like. Torpedo's ready. But you're not making sense! It's Captain Picard. Mr. Data, you were ordered to rendezvous with the fleet (laughs) Gamma Editor. Uh, I can't, sir. I've been, uh, you know, the home, another homing thing I didn't know I had in me had been has been activated by Dr. Soong, so I'm going to take this ship, blow everybody up, and head to his new planet. Cool. <laughs> Is that why I'm not the captain of a ship right now? <laughs> oh, uh, now I get it. Uh, beam me back to the Enterprise. I'm sorry, sir. That really would have been the best explanation. Stand by, Captain. Mr. Hobson, prepare to fire. Didn't you hear? Captain Picard wants us fire. Fire. Side note, couldn't Data have done a little tippity-tappity on whatever whatever panel was near him and do it himself? I think as a captain, he wants to include everybody. Sure. <laughs> By shouting at them. Also in his programming. Oh. Make sure they feel like they're useful, but don't give them just busy work. They have discovered us. Reverse course. Order the fleet back to Romulan territory. Commander, the Duras need this convoy. Without these supplies, they cannot win. We've been discovered. It's over. But what should I tell Lursa and Bitor? Tell them... F off. They're on their own. A league of their own. <laughs> Matt, stop. <laughs> really need that, that pun alert. That wasn't even a pun. That was a literal just word association. That was nothing. Make a full report to the flagship. Now watch Fred Spiner's perf. And begin radiation cleanup of the affected decks. Yes, sir. And it's not, he's not trying to get a moment with him. He's just trying to, he just addresses him as captain. Well, let's play it. Yes, sir. Captain, I'll take it back 10 seconds because I'm already there. Make a full report to the flagship. Take the main phasers offline and begin radiation cleanup of the affected decks. Yes, sir. Captain. He does. You're right. It's a tiny little The tiniest little touch, I think, is just such a good performance, I think. Defeat. How? Where are the Romulans? They never came. I mean... What we learned there is Data's almost as good a captain as Kern is. Almost. But, you know, he didn't take take the ship into the Coronasphere, which he should have done. So true. 
kill him. So, look, everything wraps up a little bit here. They beam away, uh, leaving uh, Picard to the, the, this the nice moment. The actions proved positive. The ends cannot justify the means. No, they can't. However, the claim I was only following orders has been used to justify too many tragedies in our history. Starfleet doesn't want officers who will blindly follow orders without analyzing the situation. Your actions were appropriate for the circumstances. And I have noted that in your record. Makes you want to reevaluate Shelby, doesn't it? Me? No. Shelby was going against orders, and uh, and she was questioning stuff, just like Data was. She was thinking past the orders. No, 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 no. Data just wasn't... Data wasn't deliberately going around Picard's head to the next guy above him. <laughs> yeah, he was not. Uh, oh, oh who did he go to? Who did he go to? He didn't go ab- ab- around anybody. He yeah, was that's doing exactly what he, what he I... was doing. What he believed was right in under his command. Did Shelby ever walk into Picard's office and go, "Sir, I know I broke a lot of protocol. Please write me up." Um, I think uh, you know that apology was implied. Very <laughs> <laughs> dumb. Sir. All right. So, and then uh, Worf is given the, uh, the kid's life, and uh, he says, No, no, I won't kill him. No. But it's our way. It's the Klingon way. I know. But it is not my way. This boy has done me no harm, and I will not kill him for the crimes of his family. Then it po- <laughs> Then there's this. Request permission to return to duty, sir. Denied. Granted. Oh. What a great set. It's like the X-Men level on right there. No, no downbeat, just nothing. No, I agree. I agree with that. It's a lot. It's just a lot to pack into this. Uh, anyway, Andy, fire up one of those uh, jingles. You got it, my friend. You. <laughs> You're the one who has to get. I know, I know. Hang on. Get your jingles out. Hang on, hang on. Here it is. Andy. Yes. That, I was just doing a tiny jingle. You played the long one. <laughs> Is it? It's the Andes. No, the Andes is next. This is MVC. Oh, I forgot how our show goes. <laughs> anyway, the MVC of this one, I guess, oh. I have to give it to to Sila. 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 Yeah, or Guinan. Uh-huh. Data too. But Data's on the Sutherland, so... Oh, good question. Are we giving... Are we including that? <laughs> yes, it's just it's Data. Data. Matt, don't don't act like this doesn't matter. Figure it out. I'm figuring it out, and I'm Do saying you, it's Data, because it they were all connected with tachyon pulses. Right, that's true. So all even the same for ship. the Enterprise, he was the best. But he was not a member of the crew at that moment. I know. He was the captain of his own ship. So weird. Well, what about, we'll uh, what about O'Brien? O'Brien did a fine job. He did a... Very a good tactical. job. Very good job. And I guess Worf definitely wasn't on the crew. And he doesn't do anything anyway. He just got kidnapped and then escaped after the war was already won. No, no. no. He didn't escape. They let him go. 
The, oh yeah, he, yeah, he beat fights a guy yeah, yeah, before yeah. another Klingon walks in and right. comes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, geez, I it feels like you want to give it to Data, but he's not on the Enterprise. So that's that's your command decision, my friend. Yep, it sure is, Andy. What do you say? I say it's Data. Okay. I mean, no one else does anything else. Mm. It's not Riker. It's not Jordy. It's not Picard. Jordy it's... comes up with the tachyon net. Yeah, he sure does. I'm giving it to Jordy. Okay. That's just, I mean, it has like a line and a half. Talk with the podcast. Is it over? Just get. How many Andy's does this episode get? You're right. I'm going to give half my point to uh, Data and half my point to Jordy. Interesting. Uh, look, the, this episode, a lot of great stuff, action packed. I don't think it's as good as the last episode. Because uh-huh. I don't think that they're given the time to explore all the avenues. Whereas it was a nice, clean story uh, in last week's episode. This episode is sort of like, shit, we got to wrap up all those loose ends. But they don't get to do it in a way that is... I think the problem is like, the problem with having the task at hand is you've you've separated out our entire crew. Right. And, you know, the Enterprise essentially... The only people on the Enterprise, functionally, that are still there are Troy and Crusher, who have one scene. Right. And then it's O'Brien and Picard. Right. Then you have Riker and Geordi on another ship. Right. Then you have Data on another ship. You have Worf on another planet. So it's a real, like, dispersal of things, creating an A, B, C storyline that that it takes a lot of stuff to wrap up and this whole Sela thing just i don't know and you know what's interesting is if you had saved the data plot oh it'd be great as for another episode. episode you would have had plenty of time for the Sela uh, yeah. plot and you would have been able to deal with Worf a little more fairly and really my only i i think that matt's complaints are are reasonable uh my my main issue is the uh i call them critiques not complaints critiques uh is that Worf uh is that this is Worf's time to shine, and I think it's even set up in the first, in part one, and right even from the top, there's, you know, give Worf the ca- captaining of a Klingon ship and watching him be a badass in full war, the way we kind of secretly have always wanted to see him. Um, and also the emotional plot, uh, I understand you deal with a lot of it in, in part one, but I would kind of like to see it extended and, and uh, touched on more in this episode. So... Uh, but that being said, I love the whole uh, Sela thing and t- her being d- Tashira's uh, uh, daughter. I think that's just genius to extend it, to extend the character that way. I love that she's a Romulan. I love the that the Romulans are so heavily in this. I love the the diplomatic stuff and the negotiating. I love the uh, the ex- exploration of the Klingons and that they have a. Uh, they have a neutral ground where even when they're fighting, they're like, yeah, this is what we do, but we can still be cool with each other. Um, and the sets and the design, the battles, I love the cat and mouse of everything. So really, oh, did you ever say what you're... No, but I'm lighting, but could please. So for me, I would say it's a 9.5, and I'm wow. taking off... Holy shit. Uh, ...0.5 for the for the wharf, and then I I think your your point is valid that this could have been explored more and probably they were restricted by the form wow. uh, but just by moving the uh, data thing to another that is episode. the most surprise I've ever been by one of your ratings too high that's the most surprise I've been 
Did because I say what? Did I say what my I know, critique I'm was? Asking. This is exactly what you're doing I'm in all your relationships, you. Andy. I'm what was wrong with my critique? Could I have done it better? Was it too high or too low? What should I have done differently? I'm just, Andy, you're great the way you are. Don't you worry about it. That you were surprised. And I was curious which direction you were surprised in. I give this episode a 6.5. Are you not going to answer? I, I think my rating should speak to what so I was okay, surprised. Right, it's a six point okay, five, so it's for too, way too high for your tastes. Not I, for my tastes. No, no, no. I'm just. I was trying to guess your tastes, and I didn't. What did you predict that I would say? Oh, I thought you'd come down with me to yeah. where I am. I really enjoyed the episode, and yeah. at the end, my, my gut really decides. Then I think most that, that is a very valid rating. way to critique it. I would put this up with one of the. Just there's so much inventiveness in this episode. Yeah. And even based on what you're saying, which I agree, it was all a bunch of stuff crammed in. We've seen it's so handily like addressed with each thing, so that each part of it is satisfying. Yeah, and the Dora sisters just great, <laughs> and the Dora sisters just great. Andy's the only person who's ever said that. <laughs> anyway, that's it, guys. Um, yeah, uh, the trailer for Darmok. Let's hear it. Let's hear it eventually. When I pull that up, I'm so sorry I, I didn't, didn't have that to ready to go. Yeah, no, I should have known that. Mm, TNG. Here we go, Andy. It's the Darmok trailer, season five, episode two. This is the thing everybody's been talking about. Savage kidnapping. You're holding our captain. I want him released. And Picard is forced to play a dangerous game of survival. No! Now there is only one way to bring him back alive. It's going to take me at least a full day to do it. Captain Picard could be dead by then. And it could lead to a full-scale war. Stand by to fire, Mr. War. We cannot survive another hit. Deadly encounter on another exciting episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Hard to tell. The trailers are insane. Seems like the trailers for things. Uh, like the trailers for every TNG episode is insane. Uh, Okie dokie, Andy. Uh, excited about next week uh, or in two weeks, whatever. Point is, uh, you're finally going to watch Darmok. John Cooley is excited. We're going to both be able to talk about what is our favorite uniform in the history of the franchise, minus the Admiral Kirk uniform from Wrath of Khan. Um, and uh, that's pretty much that. So uh, with that, let us head over to the President's Circle, Andy, to say hello to a few presidents, because uh, this month... Uh, coming up here, uh, we have uh, Andy and I are finally going to sit down and watch Thor The Dark World. <laughs> You've been waiting for it. <laughs> I have never seen it, and I have heard nothing but not great things. I've seen Thor Ragnarok, and he enjoyed it very much. Oh, yeah. The best. God, Matt. Well, we, we, Matt we had to walk through. through. Yeah. yeah, we ran right through. They got the they got the chairman in here. That's oh, nice. nice. This is quite Ooh. a holodeck situation. It's him. He's standing right there. Yeah. In the holodeck. It form. looks real. It's like yeah. that uh, time Tupac was at Coachella. He's going around shaking hands. All right. So thank you to everybody. If you want to join, you know where to do it. Star Trek uh, TNC on Patreon is Patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. So here we go. 
Anders Peterson's here. Jeff Gannon's over there. Oh, it's Lynn Purdue, everybody. And there's Lieutenant Sir Reginald Pennybottom. Oh, wow. It's uh, it's Jet Jurgens. There's Lieutenant Ch- Colin Chaddock. I'm Andy, you sound... There we go. That's better. <laughs> Derek Atkinson's here. And there's... Turkleton. There you go. Geordie uh, G- G- Jeans. <laughs> It's like Jordash, but not. That's fun. Uh, Ryan Sistick. Jennifer Leader. Christopher H. Judith Haynes. M. Michael Kukulich. Nate Hudson. Lieutenant Robert Hogan. Oh, it's Jeff Jenkins, everybody. There's Lieutenant Kyle Robertson over there. Oh, it's Rachel Dylan Snyder. Is everybody favorite? Aaron Davies. Levi Bliss. Connor Ship. Shapiro. There we go. It's N. Peter. Ohman. <laughs> really hitting the umlaut on that. I love it. How did you say the umlaut? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I'm just saying, you're really hitting it. Cody Stanley's here. Stephen Cotter. Kendra Song. David Marquez. Kip Corbett. Jack Cavici. Rob Baptiste. Lieutenant Tom Casey. Oh, it's Matthew L. Went. There's Preston Foster. DeWanda Reckons. Robert Denton. Or Reckons. DeWanda Reckons. Uh, Rob Sabin. Sabin? Sabin. Sabin. Hey, we'll cover them all. Lieutenant Dion. <laughs> Catherine Novacek. Uh, the Blast from Our Past podcast. There we go. Yeah, Trek Barnes. Uh, that wasn't a free plug, my pal. That, that cost them $17.01. That is true. Come on. John Turin Alex D. Geslin Matthew Wright Joyce Hudson Jesse Lane Carmen DeHoog DeHoog Eric B. Jonah uh, Brulette William Timmon Adrian Carter Marcus Erenza Barry Wallace There we go, everybody (laughs) That is it for this week Tune in next week We'll be talking to all you The chairman is wrapped up Now he's shaking hands With a lot of Italian-looking people Boy, this holodeck, it's so impressive. Every time we're in here, Andy, I just can't get enough of it. But we are leaving. So thank you all so much. And uh, as we say on the podcast, disengage. <laughs>